1: that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 170 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Well, across many parts of the country, the first signs of spring are appearing. The days are getting longer, and I've uh, noticed the first uh, flowers sprouting in my front yard. And in many households, parents are deciding which camp to send their kids to over the summer, sports, uh, academic, day camp, sleep away, all with the goal of giving their kids fun new challenges, adventures, the opportunity to try new things and connect with new people. But what if you're a household dealing with the upheaval of a parent's cancer diagnosis? In this latest installment of our series, Taking a Break from Cancer, we are going to find out about Camp Kesem, a special camp designed especially for children who are dealing with a parent who has been diagnosed with cancer or is in remission or who has died from the disease. With us today are Jane Sakara, the CEO of Camp Kesem, and Theo Christopoulos, a former camper and now Camp Kesem student, volunteer, and counselor. Jane joined Camp Kesem as chief executive officer in 2010, and prior to joining the camp, she was a consultant with Bain & Company, as well as vice president of both Etoys.com and Princess Cruises. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you so much for having us, Kim. We're thrilled to be here. Excellent. And Theo is a sophomore majoring in business at the University of California, Berkeley, where he currently serves as a student volunteer and counselor at their Camp Kesem chapter. As a child, he attended Camp Kesem, University of California, Davis, after his father was diagnosed with cancer. Thanks for being here today, Theo.
2: Oh, Kim, thank
1: you for having us today. So Theo, I'm going to start with you. Um, Tell our listeners a little bit about your story. How old Uh, were you when your father uh, was diagnosed with cancer and you know do you remember what it was like for you at the time at home um, at school how were you sort of coping with what was going on with your dad
2: yeah definitely so uh, my dad was diagnosed with stage 4 terminal brain cancer when I was 14 years old and Mm -hmm. it all started when he forgot little things like my relatives names even my name once in a while and it wasn't very noticeable But we thought, you know what, maybe he had a stroke. We're not sure. We don't know what this is. So he tried to get an appointment with his doctor and just wasn't deemed urgent enough for him to be seen right away. So we took him to the ER, and uh, our worst fear came true. He had a golf ball sized tumor on the left of his head. And as a 14-year-old, about to start high school, coming into a completely new world, losing many of my old friends, I felt alone and helpless. I felt like I was in a bad movie. It was just inconceivable that my dad, my hero, wasn't the same person anymore. And right after he was diagnosed in the summer before my freshman year, he got a surgery. And it was even more inconceivable that I saw my dad, again, still my hero, laying in front of me, you know, having to breathe through a tube with a 10-inch scar on the side of his head. It, uh, It flipped my reality upside down.
1: Yeah, I bet it did, Theo. And so, so how did you and your family hear about K- Kessim, and what was your reaction when uh, you were told about attending Camp Kessim?
2: Uh One of my mom's friends recommended it to her because my mom noticed that I wasn't acting the same. I uh, internalized everything I felt about cancer, and I was lashing out on my family and kind of becoming part of the problem of cancer. I was upset about cancer and didn't really know how to express my feelings and my emotions, so my mom was looking for resources to help myself so we could better help the family. And when she first told me about Camp Kessom, I thought it was the worst idea ever. <laughs> I thought my mom <laughs> tooth and nail not to go to camp. Nothing mm. sounded worse to me than a week away in the woods with a bunch of kids I didn't know. And mm. at the time, it really was just the last thing I wanted to do.
1: But your mom said you're going anyway, as moms do. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: As Mom should as Mom should do,
1: yeah, yeah, and so so when you got there, were you just in a bad mood, were you resistant did you or did you did you kind of engage right away, or what what was the reality like versus the sort of perception of what it was going to be? Uh, on the way to job off to camp,
2: my mom asked me, she said, "Honey, you know, what are you feeling? Are you excited? And both my sister and I attended camp at the time, my sister, who was then ten years old, and my sister said, "I am so excited." And I responded with one word, and that word was regret. <laughs> Mom, I, I regret this. I wish I wasn't going, but mm. I know you're making me mm-hmm. anyway, so I might as well make the make the best of a bad situation. And as soon as I met one of the student counselors, as soon as I got out of my call, I knew, I'm like, you know what? This might not be the best experience ever, but at least I know that I'll have a friend here, and little did I know that that week at camp turned out to be one of the best weeks of my life. And personally, I think the most transformational week of
1: my life. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Jane, I can see why we asked uh, Theo to be on the show today to um, to share the story. But let me bring you uh, into the conversation. Tell our listeners, what exactly is Camp Kesem and, and what's its mission?
3: Yeah. Um, Kesem is a nationwide community, and as, as Theo alluded to, we're driven by passionate college student leaders. They're the the fabric of our program, and we're there to support children through and beyond their parents' cancer. We really view it as a lifelong relationship. Um, KESM is our parent organization, and we have our signature program is, is Camp Kesem, and through Camp Kesem, we operate over one hundred summer camps across the country all of which are offered to families completely free of charge. Um, and really our vision is that we want to make sure that every child um, who's facing their parents' cancer doesn't have to go through that experience alone and has the support of friends and a network and a community um, who are going through very similar experiences.
1: So, Theo, you, you actually went back for several years. What, what kept you co- coming back year after year? Uh, It was
2: the people, first and foremost. After my first week of camp, I thought, this is a community I cannot pass up. These people are so outstanding and welcoming and just genuine that I wanted to come back. And unfortunately, my first year of camp was my last year of camp as a camper because I was 16 years old at the time. Mm. But I returned the following year as a counselor in training, what is known as a CIT. So for kids who are still in high school, and haven't gone to college yet, but still want to be involved with Camp Kesem that are too old to be campers, they become CIDs. And as soon as I got off the bus after my first week at camp, I knew that I had to find a way to come back and be a part of Camp Kesem again.
1: Fantastic. Jane, um, what what does Kesem mean? Take us back to sort of the founding uh, of the sure. organization. What, what does Kesem mean and, and why was that name picked uh, for the organization and the camp?
3: Yeah. Um, Kesim means magic. Um, it's originally a Hebrew word, um, although since the founding of Kesim we've been a completely um, secular, non-secular organization open to you know individuals from all backgrounds. Um, and the word was chosen because there's something magical and transformational that happens after children attend Camp Kesim. And I think the the magic comes from being with others who truly understand you and the support and belonging that that creates. You know for many of our participants, just like Theo shared, um, their week at Camp Kesem is the highlight of their year. It allows them to break down their guard, be their whole selves and be kids. and And when we try to have children articulate what that feels like, the the word "magic" <laughs> just keeps on coming up and and it's really fitting to to catch them. To answer your question, the, the organization was started yeah. at Stam- yeah. Stanford University um, in 2000, and, and the original idea was as a program designed to take and channel all the passion and energy of, of student leaders um, to, to put on a camp at Stanford, and very, very quickly, um, student leaders at Stanford had Friends, colleagues, relatives at other colleges and universities across the country, and they um, were were contacting our founder, Erie Sruve Wedeking, and, and saying, "How do we start a Camp Chasm chapter at, at our school?" And the organization really quickly grew. Um, and today we have um,
1: 117 college chapters across the country. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, so, Theo, lo- looking back at that time, I mean, I think it's I think what it's so interesting what you're saying that you just you didn't want to go, and your mom your mom sort of said, you know what, you're going. I think this is going to be a good experience for you. And, you know, good for her because it must have been a little tough for her too to kind of, with everything your family was going through, kind of push you into something that you felt that you, you know, sort of were resisting um, uh, a little bit. But when you look back on that time and you look back at what your family was going through, can you talk a little bit more about how Camp Kesem uh, helped you and how you sort of thought about it from year to year? Uh, Before
2: Camp Kesem, I thought that, The meaning of the word strong or tough as a guy meant, you know, someone who doesn't really show their emotions, someone who kind of bottles up their feelings for the sake of everybody else. But through Camp Kesem, I learned that strong really meant opening up yourself and being vulnerable enough to share with others how you feel so hopefully they can grow and learn just like you did. And through learning the definition of what strong really meant to me, I learned confidence, public speaking, genuine happiness. Kessim gave me a space to open up like I had never been given before. I mean, my mom, she's an absolute saint. She told me at home, you can speak whenever you want, whatever you want to say, and I won't get mad at you about cancer. I understand, but for some reason at home, I just felt like I couldn't share at all because of the burden of my dad's cancer. So Kessim gave me a space to open up and really Learn how to be myself and learn how to be a kid again without having to experience the burden of my dad's cancer alone. I experienced it with 160 other campers that week. hmm
1: And 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 Jane, is there is it is it is it a straightforward camp or is there sort of a therapeutic element to what the kids participate in while they're there?
3: Yeah. If you, I mean, if you came to visit one of our camps, on the surface, it's going to look like a very fun-filled. <laughs> very active summer camp experience where you'd see, you know, arts and crafts, activities, camp songs. Um, but what's happening behind the scenes is, is you know, where the, the real magic happens. I think that the most important thing we do is we staff our camps intentionally very, very high. And so we, our ratio is one counselor for every three campers, um, which is two to three times higher, what you find at a, a typical summer camp. And we do that because we know that every child is processing their journey and their experience uniquely, and we want to give them the time and space to allow them to mm-hmm. navigate through that at, at camp, and, and to allow us to get their full self and their best self um, to emerge. Um, the second thing that happens is we, you know, we by bringing kids together who have these shared experiences you give them just such power of, of empathy. And I think, you know, everyone who's experienced that knows how powerful it is when you're speaking to someone who just says, I know how you're feeling. Um, and they truly get it. And, and one of our campers recently said to me that when she, she got to camp, It was like this wall around her fell, this bubble popped, and this massive weight was lifted off her shoulders. And, Mm. you know, I think it happens because of the belonging and the camaraderie, but it's also facilitated through cabin chats, which our counselors guide their their cabin crew every night.
1: uh, Absolutely. And we're going to get to some of those details. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here. This is Frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking today about Camp Kesem. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back.
4: Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions. How to get comfortable with new physical realities. How to reassure worried family members or explain to friends your priorities have changed. Or visit us online at www.CancerSupportCommunity.org. That's CancerSupportCommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer
5: Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia, Cancer Care Care the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848.
0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: Real-life solutions. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking about Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
1: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking about Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Bristol Myers Squibb. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're talking today about Camp Kesem, a camp specially designed for kids with a parent who's been diagnosed with cancer or has. Died from the disease. With us today are Jane Sicaro, the CEO of Camp Kesem, and Theo Christopoulos, a former camper and current Camp Kesem College student volunteer and counselor. So, Jane, let's talk about some of the statistics. Um, how many children in the U.S. are estimated to have a parent who've been who's been diagnosed or, or has died of the disease, I guess school age um, children, and, and you know what what do we know about? Uh, the impact of a parent's cancer um, on a child. What are their needs?
3: So we estimate um, that there are over 5 million children in the U.S. that have either have a parent with cancer or they've lost a parent to cancer. And, you know, what I share is that, you know, every child's experience with a parent's cancer is unique. But the, the most common needs that that we see is, you know, first, in most cases, children don't have peers often who can relate to how they're feeling. And, you know, as a general rule, we know kids don't like to stand out and don't like to be different and don't like to talk about um, what might be going on at home. And so they tend to keep those feelings to themselves. Um, They often are in a situation, they're watching their parents go through either either a really difficult battle or if they've lost a parent, um, they're, you know, concerned about the surviving parent. And so in those situations, kids often put on really brave faces and they hide a lot of the anger and fear and sadness that they're feeling. Um, we often see that children can lose interest in extracurricular activities and academic um, activities. And then in many cases, kids are often taking on adult-like responsibilities, which is only, you know, natural. they mm-hmm. In many cases, they're now acting as caregivers for younger siblings. They might be helping to take care of their parents. Um, and very often, they're certainly taking on roles to take care of themselves that they probably weren't having to do before. And so they're, they're doing that and, and while at that time, you know, sharing some very adult-like concerns and adult-like burdens
1: emotionally as well. Mm. You know, Theo, I'm trying to sort of envision what this camp looks like. So I think you're our man. Tell, describe for us a typical day, uh, you know, at the camp. Tell us, uh, tell us what that is like for uh, a camper and for a counselor. A typical day for
2: a camper usually consists of a wake-up call about 7:30, where four or five of usually your favorite counselors comes in, blasting some sort of wacky, outstanding, goofy, funny song. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the best wake-up call I have ever gotten by far. Any alarm clock, this beats it. So you get woken up, go to breakfast, and then the day basically starts. So the day is the most fun summer camp I have ever been to. It, uh, you know, anything from rock climbing. You have overall there's some sports activities, arts and crafts, and it's really nice because the activities are catered to the age groups of of the campers. So someone who's six years old is going to have so, like a, an entirely different uh, day than someone who's 16 years old. And then later in the evening, usually you'll have some sort of campfire or you know where you sing songs, a beauty pageant, something really fun. And then the special part of Camp Gessen really takes place at night. And at night, each unit gets to go back to their cabin and have something called a cabin chat. And a cabin chat is an opportunity – where kids get a chance to center themselves and focus and really share whatever is on their mind. So a question that might be asked at a cabin chat is, who is your hero or who is somebody that you look up to? And a question like that really gives kids the opportunity to share if they want to without directly forcing them to talk about cancer if they don't want to. Because at them at no point are you ever forced to talk about anything you don't want to. So some people say, you know what, my dad is my hero because he's going through cancer and he's an outstanding man and I love him to death. But some people could say, you know what, the Green Lantern is my favorite superhero too and it's all perfectly fine because it gives kids the space to talk about anything and everything.
1: It's fantastic. Jane, talk to us a little bit more about the organizational structure. I know that college students serve as both counselors and organizational leaders. Tell us about the different roles that these college students play.
3: Absolutely. Um, So we are organized around a college campus chapter model, and we have chapters at 117 different colleges and universities across the country. And, you know, at a leadership level, every single chapter has, you know, two co-directors who are leading the program year-round, and then they recruit and train leaders to support them. Um, They are tasked with some pretty monumental roles. Um, They're responsible for raising all the funds to cover the direct costs of their camp. They are responsible for conducting outreach in their communities. They visit oncology centers, hospitals, support groups to find um, families who could benefit, benefit from KESM. They recruit and train their fellow counselors. They host year-round programming, including camp, but also friends and family days that happen throughout the year, And then they're, you know, conducting marketing and public relations within their community to really build awareness for this population. And they are, I would say, you know, at at a leadership level, they are probably putting in somewhere between five and ten hours a week throughout the school year to make Camp Cousin possible. Um, And so, you know, at the end of that experience, it's not a surprise they come away with some incredible skills in organization, time management, project management, interpersonal skills, and, and teamwork. Uh, and I think what unites the student leaders who, who get involved with us is they come at it from a very um, compassionate and empathetic um, perspective and really the desire to to give back and, and to make a real difference in the lives of the children they're serving.
1: And can you tell us, Jane, about the um, the training process process that these college students go through in order um, to become counselors? You know, is it a requirement that they had a parent with cancer? Are there certain criteria? You know, what is the training? I mean, we sort of think about, oh, my gosh, maybe these kids should be with, you know, maybe they should be with social workers or they should be with therapists mm-hmm. or they should be, you know, tell us about, you know, how you train them so that they're sort of qualified to deal with maybe what could be a crisis situation. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Around 75% of our student leaders have had cancer impact someone in their family while they were growing up. And so while it's not a required prerequisite, it certainly attracts many of the student leaders who who get involved with our programs. Um, And at a leadership level, our students go through very extensive year-round training. Um, At the beginning of the school year, it starts with in-person training for all the, the leaders that's conducted by our KESM staff. Um, A group of the students attend a national leadership summit where students from all of our campuses come together and they have weekly calls with their program staff to really support the students to make sure they're achieving their goals, if they're hitting roadblocks, we're problem solving with them and and we're making sure that they're following the the custom standards and, and safety guidelines. And then at a counselor level, all of our counselors undergo at least 40 hours of training to prepare for camp. And the training runs the gamut from, you know, how to be a good listener um, to how do you combat homesickness and bullying and things that, you know, can happen with children to, you know, becoming more familiar with cancer terminology and some of the terms that that you'll hear at, at camp, along with, to your point, you know, what do you have, what do you do if information is revealed that, you know, needs professional help or additional support? And so. They go into camp um, very, very prepared and very trained, and I would say because they worked year-round to make that camp possible, they not only go in really well-trained, but so committed to incredible outcomes for every child who participates.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, Thea, we've we've got a couple minutes until our um, our next break here, but so tell us a little bit about your transition. When did you know that you wanted to – become a counselor, you know, what was it like finding yourself in a familiar setting, but with a with a different uh, role as a counselor? I mean, you really moved through the, you know, being a camper, being a counselor in training, becoming a counselor. Tell us a little bit about uh, uh, that path before we get to our break here.
2: So I knew I wanted to be a counselor the second I stepped off the bus after I attended camp as a camper. I knew I wanted to stay involved as long as possible, but the transition from Camper to counselor has honestly been pretty seamless. You just see camp from the opposite side, and it's really easy to love an organization like Camp Kesem when Camp Kesem has given me so much. Overall, I love my experiences that I've had with Camp Kesem at both UC Davis and now with Berkeley as a counselor. I was even fortunate enough to be a counselor the summer before I started college here at Cal, because they were in need of male counselors. And so it was wonderful getting to know all of these awesome student leaders who I had never met before, but after spending a week with many of them, it felt like I had known almost my entire life. And now many of these people are my closest friends and people I hope to stay in contact with long after college ends.
1: So Theo, we've got about a minute till our break here, but it, one quick story that stands out of maybe a student say, you know, or a kid, same kind of idea as you. They they said, Oh, I don't want to be here. I don't know why I'm here. And then you saw sort of a transformation.
2: Oh, definitely. There have been kids who I've seen who wouldn't even talk to me the first day <laughs> they've showed up as a camper and <laughs> rightfully so when your mom forces you to do something that you don't want to do, you're not going to be very happy, especially between the ages of six and 16. But after a while and after these kids learn to see how outstanding Camp Kesem really is. And after they learn to love it themselves, you see a transformation in almost every kid that comes through the doors of Camp Kesem.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's just a fantastic uh, story. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking today about Camp Kesem. It's a camp that's uh, specially designed for kids uh, with a parent who's been diagnosed with cancer or who's died from the disease. Um, Our guest today on the show are Jane Sakara, the CEO of Camp Kesem and Theo Christopoulos, a former camper and a current Camp Kesem College student volunteer uh, and counselor. I'm glad you put the student volunteer because if it's a former camp and current Camp Kesem College counselor, that's a little bit of a mouthful, Theo, but uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're getting it all out there to, uh, uh, to, let, our, to let our listeners know about you. Um, we're going to our break. Jane, just quickly, what is the website of Camp Kesem if people want to learn more?
3: www.kesen, which is dot org.
1: Excellent. And we're going to talk more uh, about sort of who qualifies to participate in the camp. But, but we do have to go to a quick break here. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Thiebold. We're going to take a uh, very quick break, but we will be right back.
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
5: Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is
3: hope and help.
4: Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials.
3: Help with finances and access to care. All behind
5: you Break away from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer.
4: Hi. I'm Nick Nicolaides, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Communities' Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company,
3: Azai, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day.
5: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
1: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Lily Oncology. In this latest installment of our Taking a Break from Cancer series, we've been learning about Camp Kesem, an organization dedicated to helping children touched by a parent's cancer. Our guests today are Camp Kesem CEO Jane Saccaro and Theo Christopoulos, former camp, uh, camper, now camp counselor and a volunteer at Camp Kesem at UC Berkeley. Um, Jane, let me ask you, how, how did you find out? about uh, Camp Kesem. Um, where where were you sort of at the time? What were you doing at the time professionally? And, you know, what did you think about the unique leadership structure? I mean, look, you know, look, we know a lot of college kids are, you know, interns are, you know, are running photocopies, doing coffee runs. You know, this is <laughs> some pretty deep work that these kids are, are involved in. Tell us about your initial reactions. Sure.
3: Yeah. So I first heard about Kesem in 2010. Our board of directors had launched a search looking for a CEO to help lead the organization. And my background, as you mentioned earlier, was in corporate strategy and operations, very different fields. But the consistent experience I'd had was going into organizations, helping to define a strategy and then helping them grow. And I really um, was at a pivotal moment in my life and my career where I wanted to make a switch and I wanted to find an organization um, that would allow me to take those skills and and use those skills to hopefully bring some good into the world. And I, it's funny that you asked about the leadership structure because that is totally what drew me into this organization. Mm, yeah. I, um, You know, when I reflected on my experiences growing up, I think I learned the most outside of the classroom, whether it was in high school or college or, you know, even beyond then. And it was usually in leadership roles. And so as I started through my interview process, I met a lot of our college student leaders and I was just blown away by what they were accomplishing, how committed they were, and truly the entrepreneurial way the organization was structured by really empowering college students to do this and and what they were capable of. And I was also really humbled by the immense need. You know, at that time, we had such a long waiting list of interested college students and camper families, and it just was really clear that with the right support and, and the right tools and systems to help our student leaders succeed, um, that we'd have, you know, the capacity to, to grow this organization really quickly and, and to expand our service significantly.
1: Well, good for you. Congratulations, and I know that it continues um, continues to grow because the need is great, and and applaud those who are stepping up to help make that happen. Um, Jane, is there any charge to the kids who are going to the camp?
3: There is no charge to any child. Um, camp Kessin is offered completely free of charge to all families, knowing that um, cancer places extraordinary financial burdens on on the families we serve.
1: That's great. That's great. And it seems, Jane, that the camp is really giving campers skills that will help them cope with their parents' cancer even after camp, when they go back home you know, what, what are some of those skills and what do you, what did, what did the kids take back home with them that will sort of endure beyond the week of the camp?
3: Yeah, we survey our camper families, especially the parents, before and after camp. And the skills that we consistently see reported are, you know, first of all, a significant increase in their child's communication skills. The ability not only to speak about their parents' cancer, but their feelings, their emotions, and, and Theo described it so well um, in, in his earlier comments of, you know, understanding that, that that's a position of strength to be able to communicate. The other thing we see is increased confidence. Um, you know, I think once children realize that simply by sharing their stories with others, they can participate in the healing, they can be part of helping others. There's tremendous power that comes from that. And when you suddenly realize that as a child who often feels helpless around their their parents' cancer, this is their chance to define Mm -hmm. how they're going to respond to their parents' cancer in a really healthy way. And the last thing we usually see is increased self-esteem. There's always something amazing (laughs) that every camper can do at camp that is Celebrated and glorified by our counselors, and to you know to see those shining faces and those victories, I think you know as many camper parents tell me, you know my child when they came off the bus at the end of the week was just walking taller and walking mm. lighter, and and you see that boost in in their self esteem.
1: And and Jane, do you guys help kids also identify resources back in their local? Communities for some of their ongoing needs. I mean, I know, for example, we refer to one another cancer support community, and camp Kesem. I know a lot of our, our centers around the country have Noogie Land and services for uh, services for kids who have someone with cancer. And I know we refer uh, kids to to the camp. Do you help to find other resources in the community to help out?
3: we do we do we have a, a vast array of online resources for families um, and features you know or wonderful organizations like the cancer support community and a lot of our national partners and then locally our chapters are traditionally working with you know some of the organizations that may not be national might be local and mm. and we're you know we'll have you know, some of those organizations you know come to camper drop off or pick up day to share information with the families we serve as well
1: that's great. That's great. So from your end, Theo, as a counselor, what have been your observations about sort of the skills that kids are getting at camp and their ability to kind of take those skills home with them and use them, you know, in their everyday lives? Have you sort of wit- witnessed that and see how that can be of help to them?
2: So having been fortunate enough to see kids come back year after year and grow and learn and see kids transition from campers to CITs to even counselors, you can that although much of the change takes place at camp and kids leave Kessim every year holding their head just a little bit higher, I think that most of the change takes place when they go home and when they get a chance to implement what they learned at camp and really who they are and who they've changed into to their everyday lives because it's really easy to be your true self at camp. Everyone is so inclusive and welcoming. You feel like Camp Kessim is just your second home. But... When you go home is the real test of whether or not you're able to implement all of what you've learned at Camp Kessum into your everyday lives. And overall, year after year, I see kids come back happier, stronger, more confident, more endearing, willing to help others more. And it's beautiful to see because you can see the impact in every single child that Camp Kessum does. And you can see that what we're actually doing is genuinely helping kids. And it's not just affecting the campers, it's affecting their families as well. I mean, I know from personal experience, one unhappy kid can make an entire family unhappy. And if we're able to change the attitude and the actions of these children, and if we're able to let them say what they want to say and turn them into happier children, it benefits just an exponential amount of people. It's beautiful to see. That's
1: great. That's great. So, Jane, I was sort of stunned... Um, to read that not long after you joined as the CEO of Camp Kesem, your sister, a mother of three, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and passed away just 11 weeks later. And you have said that that experience really strengthened your resolve to serve children impacted by a parent's cancer. I mean, it's it's just a stunning, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stunning twist of fate. What what a story, but I imagine, you know, I I imagine you you felt you didn't find your way to this job by accident. Can you just tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that story?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, what, you know, what it demonstrated to me, right, the, the sheer irony of it is that cancer impacts, you know, anyone and, and can come in to an individual and a family, you know, quite ruthlessly. And I think, you know, with my, my sister's name was Susan and with Susan's experience, you know, the immediate thought as soon as you receive that diagnosis goes to your children um, and what will happen to them. And in her case, we knew immediately with with the doctor's diagnosis that she was not going to live to see her children grow up. And Mm -hmm. that was the fear that woke her up in the middle of the night. And that just overwhelming fear that her work as a parent was not done. Um, And I think Every parent who gets this diagnosis experiences that to some extent, and and so it's certainly given me empathy and perspective for how important that is. And, you know, at the end of the day, every parent also wants more than anything to know is that their kids are going to be okay. Um, yeah. And it demonstrated to me what a gift Kesem can be for any family because if you give the parent. A chance to say, you know, here's another angle of support and another way to help your child, you're giving the parent a, a, a tremendous, tremendous gift. Um, and I think the, the last thing that it taught me is, you know, anytime you go through a tragic event like our family did, you just value and understand what true empathy and support really feels like. And I see our counselors and our campers who are Wise beyond, you know, many adults I've met, um, and I know that they um, they understand the the power of this and, and the gift that they're giving to each other in that in that time. And you know, I think our family was blessed in that we had considerable support from extended family and friends to help her three young children get through their loss. But a lot of families don't have that, and they don't have access to the social services that encourage communication, that encourage connection, that build up hope and, and give kids a chance to give back. So I, I really believe that all of these are fundamental for healing and have made it my mission to make sure we can bring Kessim to every child and every family who could benefit from it.
1: Mm, very powerful. Very powerful. We've got a quick minute till our break, but I understand that everybody at Camp Kesem, I mean, everybody uh, gets a nickname, Jane, your pocket, Theo, your turbo Quickly, Jane, tell us about how this tradition evolved.
3: Yeah, working for an organization with a campaign is super fun. <laughs> the, the, the tradition really evolved um, to give kids a chance to pick their identity for the week. You know, in a world where they're not having a lot of say in what's happening to them, this gives them some control and an opportunity to define who who they're going to be that week. Um, at camp, if we do a really good job, no one knows your real name. And, in fact, this is so important that if someone says your real name, you have to go hug a tree. There's like a punishment to it. And <laughs> and we, we joke about it, but it's really important because it's a special identity that's only known to fellow chessam family members. And there's a saying, your camp self is your best self. And I think that's what camp names mean for all of us. It's our chance to really be our very best self.
1: Fantastic. After the break, Theo, I'm going to ask you how you got your nickname, but we do have to go to a quick break here, and uh, I don't know if I should call you Theo now or Turbo, but uh, we're going <laughs> to okay. take a quick break. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're learning about Camp Kesem, an organization dedicated to helping children touched by a parent's cancer. Uh, we have with us CEO Jane Sacaro and Theo Christopoulos, who is a former camper and now a counselor and a volunteer uh, at Camp Kesem at UC Berkeley. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo. We're going to take a quick break. And we will be right
4: back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing how to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world,
5: Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit mealtrain.com/mmt and enter the code Magnolia B, or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org.
4: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
1: Listening to frankly speaking about cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Gilead Sciences, Janssen Oncology, and Taiho Oncology. I'm Kim Chibaldo. Today, as part of our Taking a Break from Cancer series, we're talking about Camp Kesem, a camp designed especially for children who are dealing with a parent who's been diagnosed with cancer, is in remission, or has died from the disease. Our guests are former camper and now counselor and student volunteer Theo Christopoulos, and Camp Kesem CEO Jane Sakaro. So, Theo, I know that your uh, father passed away last year, and um, we are very sorry um, for that loss. Can you talk a little bit about the support that you got from your uh, Camp Kesem family? Uh, Kim, I got a, frankly,
2: ridiculous amount of support from (laughs) the entire Camp Kesem community. And this ranges from everybody that I've almost ever met at Camp Kesem, whether it be my former counselors, you know, kids that were campers with myself, current counselors at Camp Kesem Berkeley. And uh, when my dad passed away, it was in the summertime and I was the MC and speaker at my father's funeral reception. And I don't know if I could have done it without looking to my right and seeing over 30 different counselors and former campers with myself from Camp Kesem sitting there and supporting me while I spoke because they have been such an integral part of my journey with my family's cancer. They have even evolved to become part of my family. I have them over for dinners and receptions and everything else, and it was just astounding to me that people drove up from Los Angeles, flew in from San Diego up to Sacramento, where I live, and really came in from all over the West Coast just to support me on a day where they knew that I just needed a hug. I mean, the day of your father's funeral is not really a day that you're going to have a lot of time to talk to different people and converse and be your best self. And people understand and know that, but the people at Camp Kesem are so strong and so generous that they're willing to give up an entire day just to give you a hug and a pat on the back and say, I know this is not okay, but I am here for you regardless.
4: Mm, What
1: a great community. You know, guys, there's a quote by a novelist, H.P. Lovecraft, that could aptly describe many children's recollection uh, of childhood if their parents have been diagnosed with cancer. Lovecraft said, unhappy is he to whom the memories of childhood bring only fear and sadness. But it really seems to me that Camp Kesem is the antidote uh, uh, to this and that you are helping kids find their way sort of through and, and beyond that fear uh, and sadness. Jane, I want to make sure we get to a couple practical matters here as we come to the end of the show. T- just tell us a little bit more about who qualifies uh, to participate in the camp and how people find out about it and, and, and apply for it or what the process is.
3: Sure. Any, any child who has a parent um, who's been diagnosed with cancer, undergoing treatment and remission, or who's lost a parent to cancer qualifies for our program. All of our applications take place online, Um, and so if any family is interested, they can go to our website, kessam.org, and there's a section called Find a Camp, and then you can look throughout the country and locate the chapters and locations that are closest to them and then apply. We process all applications, first come, first serve, Um, and the one thing I always tell folks is if you see... That a camp is full, we still encourage you to apply um, because if you do get waitlisted, we may have a spot open up that summer that you could get. And if not, our waitlisted families have priority application status for the
1: following year. Got it, got it. And tell us, tell us, Jane, a little bit more about the setting. Are are are, are the camps on college campuses? Are they in other campsites? Are they? Tell us a little bit about the environments.
3: Yeah, great question. All of our camps take place in traditional summer camps. Sleepaway locations that all meet the guidelines of the American Camping Association. Typically, they're you know anywhere from two to three hours from the college campus. Um, we're really fortunate to have wonderful relationships with campsites across the country, and we lease space from them. Um, so this summer, we'll be running you know, over 100 different sessions of camp. They start The very first one starts the last week of May, and they'll conclude in, in early
1: September. And um, tell us again, uh, tell us again, the website, Jane, I want to make sure people grab a pen. <laughs> if you're listening, I want to make sure people uh, can write down that website so that they can learn more and and, and find the application process.
3: Absolutely. It's KESEM, K-E-S-E-M dot org.
1: Perfect. KESEM dot org. Theo, I want to go back. I, I know we started the conversation with, uh, you know, when you were told by mom that you were going to this camp, you went sort of kicking and screaming. And I imagine that there are a lot of kids who are apprehensive. I mean, first of all, there are kids who don't have this kind of situation who are apprehensive yeah. about going away uh, uh, to camp, but particularly when there's such a, you know, we find that cancer is such a disruption in, in a person's life and in, in, in the family life. What would you say to a kid who is, you know, apprehensive or maybe just straight out opposed um, to, to attending this camp? And I think you have some legitimacy on this topic since you were that kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would tell these children to give cash one week. That's it. If you don't like it, that's all right. You don't have to come back again. But I guarantee you, every child that you recommend is going to love a camp, regardless of whether or not they choose to share and open up about their parents' cancer. Worst comes to worst, you have an outstanding week with outstanding campers and wonderful counselors. And best, you form friendships and family members practically for life.
1: Jane, can you um, just tell us a little bit more about the the about the sort of composition of the staff aside from your your uh, your college student workers and volunteers and counselors? Um, what other staff can parents expect?
3: Absolutely. Um, at every campsite, we have a camp advisor who's one of our alumni. They are trained in safety, security, risk management, um, sort of all of our incident command um, situation training. We also have um, mental health professionals at every campsite. They're not there to provide traditional therapy to the campers, but they're there on-site in case our counselors need support um, or if situations arise. And then we have um, nurses at camp as well, and then we're supported by
1: the campsite staff as well. Fantastic. Uh, We've just got a minute uh, before our uh, end of the show here, but I want to ask both of you, Just, you know, as we get to the end of the show, uh, just, again, a word or two about why you recommend the camp and and how you think families will benefit. Jane, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I think um, I I love hearing Theo's story of resistance because it's literally the most common (laughs) story. Um, and I, I tell families this all the time. If you're on the fence, send them. And I'm not saying that because I'm RCO. I'm saying that because I'm yeah. a parent. And yeah. over the years, I've just had the privilege of referring Kassam to countless families. And every one of them, regardless of their child's personality, preferences, or background, has had an incredible experience. I think that's a testament to our counselors and their relatability to mm-hmm. the campers and the power of putting children yeah. together with others who can understand them.
1: Fantastic. Theo? I would say to
2: give Kesem a shot because not only could it help you as a camper, but it can help your entire family and your family's family. And it could make cancer from, it could turn cancer from something that is so horrible to something so great. And I guarantee you, your parents will thank you for years to come if you attend camp because parents know that they can't do everything for their children. They can do as much as they can But I would say that CAMP does an outstanding job at picking up the slack for what parents aren't able to do.
1: Fantastic. Guys, it's been great having you on the show. We encourage folks to visit uh, Kesson.org. I'm Kim Thiebold, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. I just want to remind folks, we've got a wide array of free services for patients, families, also for children who have uh, cancer in the family. You can visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org to find our 47 centers around the country. You can call our helpline at 888-793-9355 and speak to one of our outstanding counselors right now. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well.